Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Seychelle Van Poole. And I'm Via Williams. Today, we're interviewing Sue Adler, the number one real estate agent in the entire state of New Jersey. And, and here's the thing. What's unique about Sue is not only that she's a kick-ass business person, because she is, she's also a <laughs> kick-ass person and she has a kick-ass life. So, so here's the thing. There's a couple really cool things about Sue that you have to know before we even launch into this, right? Number one, she is living proof that if you are talented and a hard worker, you can start over in any market in your chosen craft and succeed. Because she started her real estate career in Philly, right? In Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And she was the second highest producing agent in her entire brokerage. And we're talking like a really big, huge national large chain brokerage. And then she moved to New Jersey and she started over because she met an amazing man who she's married to today, who we love and adore named Peter. And she soon became the number one agent like within a year of the national brand that she was with there. And so I just think that's under like uh, unbelievably amazing, right? But then here's the other thing you need to know about Sue. She sells hundreds and millions of real estate, right? And she is, like I said, the number one real estate agent in her state. Sue travels like three months a year. And when Sue travels, fun fact, she forwards her phone. She literally has no communication with her business or her team. And it thrives when she's gone. And she still keeps this number one spot while living this unbelievable, amazing life. Like what? That's she's, amazing. She's amazing. So without further ado, we have to we have to bring Sue into the fold here on communication. And <laughs> Sue, I I know you. Bia knows you. We've known you for 10 plus years. You're talking about me. I know. Sue's over here like dusting <laughs> off her shoulders. She's like, she's like I sound good. Great. I sound I'm really good. I'm <laughs> better than I am. Come on, guys. <laughs> well, we we asked you, we asked you on today because um you have this incredible superpower. And I, I mean, I would venture to say it and I would love your opinion on it too. But one of, one of the superpowers you have is once something gets in your head, you execute, whether it's personal or professionally, at a massive level. It's not like little bits of success or little bits of execution or a dabble here or there. Like you do it in a major, major way. And that's something that Via and I have always really admired about you. I think, you know, when we look at our our group of the dolls, right, we all have admired that about you. And so what I would love for us to do is I want to go back first before we get to the the massive success and the story of building your big life. I want to go to the decision point of you moving from Philadelphia to New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Talk about... talk. Talk to us about that because you were the number two agent with your... You know, you were the number two business person with your brand where Mm -hmm. you were. You had a very successful business. And and you decided to start over. Yeah. What, well, what happened? So, um, well, I had gotten divorced, mm-hmm. and um, so my business just really took off. When and I mean that's that's kind of what I was a single mom. I had two little kids, mm-hmm. and really, um, that's when I really started focusing on the business big time. And um, and then at a certain point, I met Peter and. One of my clients said to me, you don't know all of a sudden just turn stupid, just move up there, start over. So I thought, okay, so I'm going to research this market. And mm-hmm. I did, and I noticed, and this was back in 2000, the early 2000s when right. everything was just booming. Going crazy, but, yeah. Yes. So 
I knew in my mind, because I'd been in the business for such a long time, I grew up in the business, I knew that that was not sustainable. So I wanted to position, I thought if I position myself in a way where once the market starts to crash, I'm, I've built up such a marketing platform that I can come up, come up ahead and that, come out ahead. And that's exactly what happened. So I moved in 2002, commuted back and forth for a year. And unfortunately, I mean, my business in Philadelphia, I, had, I got referral fees for a couple of years. But if I had known, when we talked about this earlier, if I had known before, if I'd known what I know now, I would have had an expansion team in, in Philadelphia and kept it there. But I didn't know that at the time. There was so you would have had you would have had two locations. When we talk about expansion team, you would have had two locations then. You would have had your Philadelphia location and then your New Jersey location. Correct. Correct. Got it. So I moved up, um, decided I started over in a new market. I did not know anybody. And basically, uh, my husband's a photographer. So I was looking at all the really horrible photos that agents had online. <laughs> and this is how I started to build, build relationships with the other agents too. I would We would take off their terrible photos. My husband would Photoshop them and we would send them back to them and basically help them. And then in return, they would let me put their listings on my website. This was before IDX. So... Right, wow. um, And so that was one of the things we did. And then we'd get a buyer. First of all, nobody had a website back then. So it was, Mm -hmm. I did have an advantage in that I just built the website even before I moved there. Um, But look, I mean, if you have a buyer, you send out letters and market for buyers for your listing. If you have a listing, you're marketing for, I I mean, buyers for the other way around. If you have a buyer, you're marketing for listings for your buyer. So, um, so that's really how I started it. And then, um, also, I am very into focus groups. I really wanted to understand the consumer perspective. What are you looking for that you're not finding online? And that we, I knew that our buyer pool was coming in from Hoboken, Jersey City, Manhattan to move to the New Jersey suburbs. Mm. So they would see these houses online, but what is it like to live there? So I was early on one of the first people to do community videos. I don't know if you guys remember that back in mm-hmm. the day, but mm-hmm. so that really took off in a big way. So, um, and then I went on to LinkedIn, found all the relocation directors and sent those videos to the relocation directors. So the way my mind works is really 10Xing everything. Okay, so I've done this. Now what can I do with this? And it wasn't even that I actually thought all that through ahead of time. It's just once I had it and I realized, wow, this is more powerful than I thought. That's when I kind of, I sent it to the relocation directors and said, send these to your transferees. And right. instantly, our business, within three years, we became one of the top three agents in our MLS. And most of it was all relocation. And then I had to build the team around that because right. I didn't know the areas that well. So I found specialists to help me with that. Hey, Sue, have you always been like that? When, when you Going back to your comment about 10X and how that's how your brain thinks. Yeah. Looking back, were you always like that? I think so. I think, I think so. I guess in the, in the important things that, that I care about, where I feel passionate about something, I am like that. Yes. Yeah. Well, and some something that I'm hearing, right, is that as I'm listening to your brain go, a number one, it's the pace of which you operate, right? Like we just went lightning years through what, like three years of business for you, probably four, because you probably spent a year planning and then going, right? Um, and so, so you you dissected that all very quickly. But a couple of things I heard were number one, trying to split your time between Philadelphia, Philadelphia and New Jersey was very difficult, and we, we know that when we divide our time like that, it's very hard to serve two masters, 
right? And so your business in Philadelphia suffered as you were growing your business in New Jersey. And really, then you decided to completely focus on New Jersey, which is all of a sudden where you saw your business flourish. Exactly. So that's number one. I was in the past. That's how I looked at it. That's right. That's absolutely right. And then once you decided to lean in on New Jersey, something that I, I have always appreciated about you is you're a very curious person. You like to ask questions and understand a motivation or understand a market before you just jump into it. And we'll, we'll, we'll hear that theme throughout the podcast with you quite a bit, I think. But, but you're very curious about it. So you went and did a bunch of research. You then made an educated decision. And then you decided and you lightning speed sprinted ahead forwards. And, and, and I think you can hear in all of those little pieces that you just talked about and dissecting, you can hear that once Sue decides that it is done, you are going. And, and that's really what we hear you doing is, is you're deciding you're going to focus in on New Jersey. You have no choice but to succeed. And now you're racing forward towards that. So now let's go into your, you're growing your business and now you're having to build a team around that, right? And, and regardless of whether you're in real estate or an entrepreneur or in any other business, once you start seeing success, right? And we, and we hear this, success leaves clues. You're doing everything except maybe the photography because Peter's better at that. Um, but everything else, right? You're, early on, but... Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, so you're now building your team around that because you can't do all of it well. How, how did you go into building your real estate team around that? And what did your life look like as you were trying to juggle all of that and still manage a large portion of the production too? So, I mean, I have always had the mindset of, I hired an assistant before before anything. So I hired an assistant mm-hmm. before I sold my first house. Um, I I view it the same as I wouldn't. I don't do my own housekeeping. I look at everything dollar per hour, and I knew that my my greatest um, dollar per hour activity was lead generation and being the rainmaker and just moving the business forward. So um, now the the assistant that I hired at the time, I knew at the time was not going to be the assistant to propel me forward. But I also knew what my budget was at the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, we always want to try to hire to where we want to go. Very few people end up with the same person. You, know, you grow at different paces. So it's so I would say looking backwards, if I if I could have hired somebody to grow with me at the time, that certainly would have been a better way to go. That makes sense. Um, so I'm going to stop you there for a second because that's a huge nugget, right? Number one, don't be afraid to hire leverage and know your dollar per hour. And number two, when you are looking to leverage, think bigger than just the next one step, yeah. right? Think longer term for somebody who who may not have all the skill set you need to grow with you, but might have the potential to be able to do that. So here's a question for you. What would you say that others would describe you as? Like if somebody was describing Sue, how would they describe you? Competitive, which is my number one strength in strength finders. Okay. Gritty. I don't stop. Like I'm. I, I think that with some, if I if I want something, I'm just I'm relentless about it. Uh huh. Um, in a good way. I mean, I'm respectfully relentless. I'm not like a bulldog relentless. <laughs> um, although some of my team members may not feel that. <laughs> may not do that statement. But um, but no. But I, I feel I'm very passionate, and and I really I really care about making a difference. I think that's what drives me. Mm. What would you say some people feel like might be a misconception about you or assumption made about you? Well, you know, sometimes I do come off like a bulldog or people think, you know, people, especially being a woman who is successful, I think people Mm. in their minds just, 
I don't know what they're, I don't know what they're thinking, but I don't, you guys know me personally and I'm very different personally than I am in business. Um, How so? Do you think so? I I mean, in that, I mean, because I like to take a backseat personally, a lot of times with friends and that kind of thing. I I don't need to be the leader all the time. Well, that's because in our circle, my friend, there's a lot of alphas. <laughs> there are 11 alphas. I think we so, all, I think we I all take really backseat. I actually really enjoy that because I, sometimes it's exhausting being the leader all the time. So I really yeah, enjoy that. that. But yeah, and I, I know we all take turns and everything like that, but I'm very business. I'm very, very hyper-focused in business all the time. Mm-hmm. And we're like I, a dog with a bone. Yeah. Yes. And then, you know, I go on vacation and I'm, you know, my hair's curly. I don't, I don't blow dry my hair. I, it's called vacation hair, Sue. Um, <laughs> I like I, it. I like I, your curly hair. But I'm, a, I'm just very chill when I'm, when I'm not working. I'm a, so I'm different in that respect, I would say. So Sue, I, I have a question for you. We, we were talking about this interview, we meaning the four Empire Builder hosts, uh, me and Seychelle and Sarah Reynolds and uh, Wendy Papazan. So we were talking about this last week. And Sarah Reynolds said, she said, you know, the thing about Sue is more than anyone I know and more than anyone in our group of friends, Sue sees a vision and she relentlessly executes and pursues it. Yeah. And, and not only does your track record that we just went through say that, I mean, I've seen you in the middle of it. You and I sat in a mastermind a few years ago and someone gave an idea and I literally watched you in real time take that idea. And now two years later, it's become an, an foundation and an engine of your business. I have never seen anyone execute. Are you talking about the workshops? Yeah, I'm talking about the workshops. Anything of that scale, you know, so quickly. Oh, and, and I would say... Yeah, I was with you. Yeah. And and I just, you were fearless about it, right? And so I'm curious, what attributes do you think you have that allow you to do that? Um, there's an inner drive that it's it's not something it it's it's something that I just it's forceful. Like I can't I can't even explain it. Just when I feel Is it so- an inner drive to complete a task suit or is it no, an inner drive no. to, to be a master at what you're pursuing or, or something else? I get really bored really easily. And when I get bored, that's when I know I need to take a break and then just kind of figure out what is next, what is next. Um, and then I start just going through this whole research thing and really seeing what is needed, what is, what's not being done, where can I... where How do we give our clients the edge? How do we give our team the edge? And that's how my mind works. And I, a perfect example is here at Direct. So mm-hmm. I, I was seeing what was going on in the tech world. This is back in 2010, 11, 13. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seeing what's going on in the tech world, something wasn't feeling right. It was so much leaning towards tech in our industry that I felt like the consumer was being treated like a lead. Um, I, I was feeling it in a... In they were being treated like a number. Yeah, A number, exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, I set on this journey to have consumer panel conferences for the real estate industry, not just to learn myself what the consumers wanted, but I wanted to share with the industry because it was really important for me. I care about our industry's reputation and I, I kind of mm-hmm. saw how that was going and I was not happy about it. So putting those consumers on stage really, I mean, that started a whole thing it really did start a movement in a way. Um, mm-hmm. but it was not a profitable business. So that part I was not proud of. But what it did was it taught us all so much. It started the customer experience course with Keller Williams, for example. And Inman, I, I was talking to Brad Inman. He almost, 
he almost bought that company for me and we worked that out. So it just, it became something larger than all of us. And that's really what this is all about. Uh, we needed the consumer's voice in our conversation in our industry. And so even just, for example, on a listing appointment, one of the questions we asked a seller was, when, you're, when, it's, when we're talking about brand and you're trying to choose an agent, does brand matter to you? And one of the sellers said, I don't care about your brand. I care about the brand you're creating for me, for my mm -hmm. house. And those are the kind of those nuggets that came out of that conference and communication with the client. We went ahead and we just changed all of our backend systems so that we can communicate, really strengthen the communication with our client. And everything that we learned from the consumer, we then went and just shifted pretty much our entire business so that it was entirely consumer focused and way more efficient. Um, and so it was just... What I'm, what I'm hearing, Sue, is you know you, you like to solve big problems. Yes. Right? You like to ask big questions and you like to solve big problems. And you also then like to pair that back to um, either your direct company that you're running, right? Either your direct client experience or your direct consumer or share it industry-wide because you care about the reputation. Does mm -hmm. it ever... Does... Does a drive like that ever get in the way of your success when it comes into your internal organization? Like, does that ever become like an internal between your operations group and you as far as that? Like, I could see where that might create some tension sometimes. Well, it does in that if you have people who are who like to stay in their in their ways, they're kind of set in their ways and try to change certain systems. So that's why it's really important to surround yourself with people who have that shared vision who can pivot really easily. And that's also a big part of the interview process. Um, you know, we want to know, and they also have to be able to really care about the consumer. And that's first and foremost, because if, if they don't sh have a track record of going above and beyond for the consumer, they're not going to end up on our team. So I think it really starts with the whole hiring process. You know, Sue, we, we agree so much. We actually did a couple uh, episodes just on the hiring process uh, on mm -hmm. this podcast because we we completely agree with that, right? Yeah. Here, here's what I'm curious about. I, I kind of want to circle back a little bit because I, I really don't want to leave this alone, this concept of how you relentlessly pursue execution. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I'm in awe of you, Sue, because you're a practitioner. So what, what a lot of people may or may not know is, is you know, and, and again, your chosen field is real estate. If someone listening could be selling widgets, same thing. It you are out there as the number one salesperson in your organization and also a visionary and chief executioner, not like murderer, but chief executioner mm -hmm. of your organization. And that is really rare. It's really rare to have both, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I, I want to understand a little bit more for our listeners if that's nature or if that's nurture. Is that just, are you just a unicorn or do you think you developed that over the years? Well, I mean, certainly when you have success with certain things, it encourages you to keep doing those kind of things. You know, I mean, that definitely comes into play. But also, you know, I have I have a COO on my team. So he's the one who, we, when I have this great idea, um, and he could have a great idea, we're, whatever the idea is, we're having constant conversations. You know, it's Scott. We have... We have these meetings and then we just come up with a plan to, to execute. I think uh, sometimes it is me. Like the Hero Direct thing was was mm -hmm. definitely me with that. Right. Um, but then I had somebody really handling... You had, a great, you had a great director of operations on that organization. Yeah, Brandy. Mm -hmm. Brandy did that. Exactly. So in my business, there's always that 
there's always that person who is definitely the person who does it. I'm not the day-to-day executor person at all. I have the vision and I I am a perfectionist. So mm-hmm. when something isn't right, it drives me crazy. And I drive everybody else crazy, by the way. <laughs> I do. I, I drive my entire team crazy because they I do get caught in the weeds with it. But at the end of the day, it's my name on it. And I really care about the end result. And mm-hmm. I think that's also a part of it where I know a lot of people... Everyone says, move fast, move fast. It doesn't matter if it's perfect. I actually, I agree with that to some extent. But at the same time, it's it's tweaking those systems and processes and really, you know, looking back and, okay, how could, how could we have done this better every single day? What can we do better is what really makes it better. And, um, and so, I mean, our home selling workshops are the perfect example of that. And we're still learning. We're still tweaking our processes now that everything is going virtual instead of in the you know local libraries in person. And our follow up systems with all this, what could we be doing better to generate more long term clients from that? So every every process, I'm always analyzing. So, so you've had this long track record of success, like thirty years, right? And counting, is yeah. that right? Um, Mm-hmm. If for for anybody here starting in business that's listening, you know what what do you wish you would have done differently? Well, I started when I was my parents. <laughs> my parents owned a real estate company, the first Century Twenty One office, and I was in my I was I actually had one of those gold jackets back in the day. <laughs> you were a gold <laughs> jacket. That's later amazing. Later became my Halloween costume. Yes, <laughs> I love that. Uh, it's so funny. But um, what would I've done differently? I think. Not start with a company that makes you wear a gold jacket. <laughs> well, you know, well, it's, I, the advantage that people have today is all of the education that's around us. Mm-hmm. And thinking of when I got into real estate, it wasn't thought of. It was mom and pop, literally for me, mom and pop. Right. I went to my parents. So, but I didn't know how entrepreneurial it would be. And once I real, I thought real estate was going to be my job until I found my real job. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and then learning how entrepreneurial it could be. And that that just changed my world. And yeah. you know, studying different businesses, not just real estate businesses, just looking at everything from a consumer perspective, I think is really mm-hmm. important. And that that goes to any business. That's not just real estate. So... I, I have to laugh, Sue, because I'm also a second generation real estate agent. So is Seychelle. I mean, you know, we all happen to be in that, yeah. in that situation. And I'm laughing because um, I, I've told people a lot. I did not get any of this big picture stuff until I was 40. So I was kind of a neighborhood real estate agent in my 30s, you know, had some great kids during those that time, volunteered at school, did the thing. I didn't, I didn't turn this into a business till I was in my early 40s. And I mean, I just didn't know what I didn't know. It just didn't Mm -hmm. the the mindset, the concept of of teams and and hey, let's let's make this like a business. It if it existed, I wasn't exposed to it. Yeah. So yeah. Well, and and I think I think there's a huge advantage there, you know, for you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with, right? Yeah. And and I think there's been a huge advantage to building a tribe of 11 of us that are all in the pursuit of something bigger. Um, and I think there's also, you know, the whatever company you're with, it doesn't matter. Whatever business you're in doesn't matter. But if you look up and turn, you know, turn around and you're not surrounded by four other people or five other people that think a lot bigger than you do then you're probably missing some opportunity in your life to grow bigger. And so I want to focus on the bigger life part. Mm -hmm. 
because this to me is the coolest part, right? You, yes, you're in a, an amazing, successful business person that runs a highly profitable business and you have had massive success in that. But at the end of the day, if we don't have the life part of it, right? Then what, what's the point? So you have been in pursuit of building a bigger life yeah. for some years now. And I want you to share with our listeners how that came about and where you're going with it. Because I think it's so cool. So I'm actually going to quote John Michener because I, and I, I have this as my cover photo on, on Facebook. Um, and you know, when you see quotes, sometimes it just really speaks to you. And this is me. Yeah. This is exactly it. So I'm going to turn this into um, the, he, the his into hers in here. But um, the master in the art of living makes little distinction between her work and play, her labor and her leisure, her mind and her body, her information and her recreation her love and her religion. She hardly knows which is which. She simply pursues her vision of excellence in whatever she does, leaving others to decide whether she is working or playing. To her, she's always doing both. And that describes me. That yeah. describes me. I, I need my downtime where I'm just... I think I really think that that downtime and just exploring exploring the world was important to me. Um, mm-hmm. I've now my one of my big personal goals was to visit all seven continents and both poles, and I have done that now. Before. How long did it take you to do that? When did you set that goal, and how long did it take you to do? So, well, I backpacked through Europe when I was, you know, right. in my twenties. So that part I I did early, um, but I would say once my kids went off to college is really when, you know, that's the time where I had money mm-hmm. and I had time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really when it became a priority because when my kids were younger and yes, we took the kids. It's also, so, I mean, that, we started taking bigger trips than with the kids also when they were in high school. Like we, we spent three weeks, I think, in Australia. So we've done a lot of big trips with the kids as well. And we, we continue to do that. But it's, it's I'm, I'm not saying to go out and, do that because you don't I have a lot I have a lot of savings and a lot of investments that to me came first and I wanted to make sure that I was set up financially before I really went ahead and did it this way so don't go don't go spend it all before you before you've already put it away right so you you were fiscally responsible right and then and then you had the the funds and the means to be able to go do that right you built up massive massive success and you may have done smaller trips along the way and then you started taking bigger 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 amounts of time bigger trips. Yeah, never three, never more than three weeks at a time. And I was always... Uh, the three weeks would be in real estate here, the end of August to Labor Day, and also right around the Christmas holidays, the early January. Those are downtime. So it, it was okay. very easy for me to take mm-hmm. those times off. And those were sort of my anchor vacation times, I would say. And they, they still are, but we are now in COVID. And... <laughs> you know, So that's changed things a little bit. Look, yeah. we just went away for four days, just... To unwind, and I, I found Airbnbs that are VRBOs that are very close by and driving mm-hmm. distance, and that's what I'm doing, you know, this summer. So, Sue, I'm curious. You know, one of the cool things about you is every once in a while, I'll call you on your cell, and your assistant will answer it, which means your phone is forwarded, which means you're traveling. Right? Was it scary to do that the first time to know that you, like everyone who called you, was going to your assistant? Hell no. <laughs> it wasn't scary. Oh. Well, you were brave. You were brave because I'm like oh, over here. I mean, I know our assistants are you know, our operations people are amazing, 
But I, I worry like, am I overwhelming them with additional messages? Oh. Am I sending too much to them? Like I, I have all these limiting no. beliefs going around here. So, so change my mind, Sue. Okay. So first of all, I don't consider her my assistant. Um, I, I know. Yeah, I agree. So, well, so someone else is answering the phone. Yeah, like, so like Melissa, was that scary? Melissa has been with me for five, six years and she's a listing success manager. She's a licensed agent. She's... Yeah, she's working, amazing and awesome. I love working her. Working with my mm-hmm. sellers day in, day out. They know her. We're all in group texts together on a daily basis. And the words that come out of her mouth are the same words that come out of my mouth. So it's, you know, when you work together like that, the that's what we're talking about. It's kind of like we're we're almost the same person. It's the same thing with with Lori. My listings, um, Lori is my listing partner. I listened to the words that she did a seller workshop the other day, and I was on there with her. But it was the first one that she actually ran. Mm-hmm. The words that came out of her mouth are the words that come out of my my mouth. That's right. My mouth. It's the same thing. And so that's so as long as you're. That's why it's so important to be with your people and have them just become a part of you. And it takes so much time. It takes time for sure. But that really is the difference right there. And it's just trusting them to move forward. And sure, sure they're going to be mistakes. And sure, I have clients who need me. And when sure. that happens, I'm on the phone. I mean, I, I was on the phone when we were in Antarctica, but maybe once or twice. And it's really rare yeah. uh, that <laughs> would happen. But sure, it happens. And um, How long did it take you to get comfortable with that? Or did it just right away? I was never uncomfortable with that. It's great. Wow. Yeah. You might be a little bit of unicorn there, which is really, really cool. I know. I want to be like Sue when I grow up. That's pretty so, awesome. So Sue, what did we not ask you today that we should have, right? Like, what do you want to share with everybody? You are so successful. I think so many people look up to you. You really have it all. You have a fantastic husband, Peter. You have two great kids. You know, well, they're adults, sorry. Two great children and and this big thriving business. You know, you've got a beautiful home. You go on great vacations. It, it looks fantastic, Sue. So what do you want people to know? How well, did you get here? roses. You know how that is. I do. You just made a way better. Look, every day, it's... I mean, I work my butt off. Um, I'm very, very hyper-focused on... You know, I I embrace the the boredom of it. You know, you have to... There, there are just certain things that you just... You have to do the work. You have to put in the work. Um, and then you also have to take the downtime because you're, you need to recharge your battery and you need to just re-energize because that's that energy that's going to bring you the new ideas and to sort of step away from it. I think stepping away from it's really important. That's why the, the vacations, or I call them day, day at sea, um, where, and that came from Antarctica where I saw this beautiful iceberg that my husband took a photo of. Now, a lot of us have it hanging in their houses. I do. Um, you all have to. You all have to check this picture out. I think I bugged Sue for like three years for this picture. I love it. It's but amazing. the day at sea is—it's just that it's stillness. It's the stillness where we can really look inside ourselves, and you just gain clarity into your life, your business, because we are all working so hard. And when we're in it, we're in it to win it. But then you need to take that time away to just that's where things just click. It's like, oh, that idea. And then that's when you can run with it after that. But if you don't take that time to really look inside, it's going to be... Then then you're kind of just on this treadmill. That's that's when the boredom sets in. You, that's when you start to feel like, uh, I, you know, so it's important just to keep re, 
I yeah. love that. And I think it's oh, one of your yeah. signatures. Hey, Sue, with your permission, can we put Day at Sea in our show notes? Can we, uh, can can we, we put, put a link to it? There? Okay. Sure. Well, you, I have you it. Have we to... can just paste it in. Okay. Um, did, can, we, can we also, though, post in the show notes where people could get it? Because it's, it's just an incredible picture. And I, I think... Yeah, All 11 of us yeah. have a big, huge um, print of it that Sue and Peter generously gifted us um, in our houses and our offices. I actually have two. So I'm, I have one in each. So I'm really excited about it. And I can tell you what came of that. So my husband, who is a, an amazing photographer and he does wildlife, he does everything. So from that, he now has this online photo gallery. So it's like... Awesome. So, so, you know, so it's just interesting. Everything we talk about 10X and something, every yeah. little thing is you an idea to grow something else. And it just, you just never know unless you open yourself up to different ideas and really, really keep that door open. You just never know yeah. what life has in store for you. Yeah, P- Peter's an amazing photographer. And what we're talking about is a beautiful photograph that that Peter took uh, of a day at sea that they had in Antarctica. And it's a it's an iceberg. And it, it's a it's a just a beautifully... Um, mm-hmm. Uh, presented and framed photo of of an iceberg, and Sue wrote a um, not a beautiful poem, letter. So like a, it was a, it a was letter. Like a letter to herself, like a right? letter to remind yeah. her of it. And we'll put yeah. that in the show notes. Yeah, it well. It's awesome. Sue, thank you so, so much for, for joining us. I think we got a lot out of today. Some of the highlights that I got were, you know, that that you just entered business constantly seeking ways to gain market share. Just just a, re- a relentless pursuit of market share and growth. Uh, I keep using this word relentless and I apologize. I don't mean to, but but what does a relentless execution look like? I think you've painted mm-hmm. a really good picture of that, right? Um, I love how you talked about using getting bored to your advantage. I think sometimes that that gets you know built as a negative. And what you say is, hey, I'm going to use that to fuel my passion and re-energize and reinvigorate myself. And, and what you also then talked about is how you also use vacation and time away to also refuel yourself, right? You have to step away from it. And on that, and think, on, on that boredom, I just want to make sure that people don't take that as they, they go and just follow any shiny object. Sue is very purposeful. And she didn't say this in the show today, but I want to make sure you know that it's very purposeful and very strategic for her when she does get bored on what she chooses to pursue and master. So I just want to make sure you don't take that as like a go follow any shiny object. Yeah. Thank you, Seychelle. I, mm-hmm. I agree. I'm glad that you interjected. And, and and just to even add to that, you know what Sue does is she dominoes it. So she doesn't get rid of the thing before. She just adds to yes. it. I, I think yes. Sarah Reynolds also does a really good job of that too, where they, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, this one's mastered. The machine's chugging. Now I'm going to start the yes. next thing. And that's mm-hmm. how you guys have built your business. Can grow into your business for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the boredom is actually a trigger for me. Uh, I think that's important to point out. The boredom is a trigger where I, it makes me aware that I need to change things up because it also refuels your whole team. Mm. Uh, so it's really important. When you start to feeling like stagnant in your business or just bored, it's just important to... So that's, when, that's when I get into the pursuit. I love it because boredom to me has been painted negatively my whole business life. Like I've had people criticize that. Like, oh, you're just getting bored. To me, this is like eye-opening. It's probably my biggest aha from the interview that you're you're viewing that as a positive Mm -hmm. and and actually using it to fuel growth. So... 
the last thing I, I just wanted to kind of point out in summary, because I think it's so important is, is I think, Sue, what, what has enabled you to do a lot of what you're doing is that you've put a lot of pressure on your hiring process. And you have amazing partners in your world that have enabled you to have the white space to think about these things, to, to leave and go away three months a year, which boy, that, that nine months a year that you're there, you know, you're at 10 Laser Xing focus. It. Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you guys, thank you so much for joining us uh, in our empire building journey. And, and please, if you like what you heard today, please subscribe and share the Empire Building Podcast with a friend. Don't forget to hit the five-star review and write us a nice little review if you like what you've heard. So thanks for listening. Go lead a big business and an even bigger life. And remember, you are an empire builder. Thanks for listening to Empire Building. If you like what you heard, join our tribe by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform and help us spread the word by leaving a five-star rating and review. Until next time, wishing you a life worth living. And remember, you are an empire builder.